Welcome to the Simplify Jesus Podcast. We're your hosts, Matt Gunter and Bill Allen, and together we are breaking barriers through communication. Welcome back, everybody. The time you have been waiting for is finally here. That's right. We keep talking about it, and uh, we're going to start talking about the Bible in a chronological order. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, I think a lot of times the Bible kind of feels like a big storybook or a guideline uh, that we can use, but really the Bible is a book that contains God's history from the very beginning all the way through uh, Jesus' life and the early apostles and Revelation gets into some end times crazy stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's, but it's a true story. It's really cool to look at it from a chronological standpoint. That's what we're going to do. Hopefully we'll be able to shed some light on some of the things that were going on in the world around the time that the Bible recorded all the things that happened. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, there was, there was life going on outside of what was just recorded in the Bible. That's right. It took me forever to realize that, that, you know, there were other continents with just life happening. We talk about a bunch of the kings and the the, the Pharisees. We talk about a lot of them constantly mm. in the Bible. Yeah. Um, but we don't talk about like the Chinese dynasty and the the development of all of these other civilizations mm-hmm. while things are going on. Right. Yeah. I mean, think about um, like in the New Testament. You know, just for a quick example, we see the effect of the Roman Empire mm-hmm. and the fact that the the Romans are so involved in Jesus's story, but. I don't ever think about the fact that, okay, that's during the Roman empire. Like, mm-hmm. so what else does that come with? And that's why crucifixion was such a big thing. That's why that was around. Cause that was the tool of the Romans. And, and there's a lot of cool things that, that we'll dive into when we get around to that part of the story. But yeah, it's, it's cool to see the Bible in history and plug it back in. Yeah. Well, why don't we dive into what really happened? Um, well, obviously what started it all. <laughs> um, you know, so obviously first the, the world had to be created. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't we just go ahead and start with that and kind of go down that timeline real quick. Yeah. So, so God created the world in, um, six days, um, the seventh day he rested. And so on day one, he created light and separated it from the darkness. So, um, at this point, um, we don't have the celestial body so to speak sun moon and stars but but we have light for the first time in existence separated from darkness or the absence of light which is which is pretty cool to think about day two he created water and separated the earth and the sky and so it talks about some of the poetic language it uses it talks about separating seas from seas and so when you when you see that people used to think about the sky is like an ocean above. And so he was separating the sea of the earth from the skies, mm. uh, from the blue skies. And so on day two, that's when, when I, he did that, he created water and separated earth and sky. I read somewhere at one point that it didn't even rain back then when he did that. Like that's not, he hadn't even established mm-hmm. rain yet. Right. He just separated everything mm-hmm. and kept it that way for yeah. a while. Yeah. It's interesting to think about a time when there's not like weather patterns and there's not, there's, there's literally nothing. He speak, he's speaking stuff into existence, which is pretty cool to think about on day three, he separated out the water from land. So he created seas, the oceans, lakes, rivers, all that kind of stuff separated out dry land. Um, and then he created the vegetation to cover the land. So at that point there wasn't rain, but 
it was watered somehow. So, you know, was it watered from natural, like from the, the ground just had the moisture it needed? I don't know exactly how that worked. Well, um, yeah, I don't think we'll ever know. We're, no, not until we go up to heaven, I guess. <laughs> not until we can ask. So, and to think about it back then, even, I think, uh, and I forget, what's the name of the map? Or the, back when the world was you oh, know, one Pan- big piece of land. Pangea. The Pangea, yeah. Um, so I think, you know, when God created all that, it was like everything in one place. Mm-hmm. And you got blue ocean all mm-hmm. around the world except for this one part. Yeah. Where it's all just one landmass. Just one big landmass, yeah. Yeah. And so that's where we wrap up at day three is basically that. So days one through three, he's creating the spaces for things to live in and days four through six, he parallels that with filling up those spaces, um, which is kind of cool to see from a poetic standpoint. So like on day one, he created light and separated it from the darkness. So on day four, he followed that with creating the sun, moon and stars. He filled up the light. He gave, he created the celestial body, so to speak, to give off that light as the sun, moon and stars. So I always thought the sun was what he created for the light and, and whatever other suns might be out there, big stars, um, you Mm. know, in the universe. Mm -hmm. But I had never put that together that he didn't create the sun, the moon and the stars until day four, Mm -hmm. because obviously he created all the other, maybe he did. I don't know. The planets and the stars and everything else at the same time Mm. as the sun, the moon. Yeah. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that because he, you could make a case that he created all of that when he created land in general, like when he mm-hmm. created the masses, he created all the planets and solar system, but I don't know. I huh. don't either. Again, interesting. something else that's above our pay grade. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So day five, he jumped in and created the birds to fill the skies and fish to fill the sea. So if you go back to day two, he created water, he separated Um, the water that was earth or that is earth from the sky. And then he filled both of them up. He put birds in the sky and fish in the sea to, to fill those. So if this is where he created all of these different creatures, you know, I've always had the question of what about the dinosaurs, right? They, Mm. they did roam the earth at some point. Right. Um, uh, we don't, I mean, I don't know if paleontologists or anybody know how closely they roam the earth with man. Mm. Um, we, we always see the depictions of the cavemen, Mm-hmm. And the dinosaurs coexisting, right? But where is it? I think it's in Job. There's a mention of a a behemoth with yeah. a with the tail like a cedar tree. So something mm-hmm. he's talking about is huge, <laughs> right? Right. That um, must have existed with yeah. man. Yeah, like uh, I think he uses the name Leviathan in some places, yeah. and that kind of points out some some stuff like that. I don't know. I've always kind of wondered about that too, because there's definitely. There was definitely a point in time when they were here because we've got the evidence of mm-hmm. it. But what does that look like? When when were they around? And I would think it's probably day five with with the bird birds and fish, and probably day six as well yeah. with the animals that roam the earth. And, and he also created humans at the same time to rule over all of creation. That was how he filled the landmass. And so my guess is that's where that would fit in. But it's interesting to think about because you know one of the things that we don't know is. How does the creation of animals and humans fit into kind of Adam and Eve? Were Adam and Eve the first humans? Were they? Is that a separate story mm-hmm. than the Garden of Eden? We really don't know. Could be interpreted different ways. And so, um, how does that fit into the overall picture of creation? And also, when we look at the the seven day creation period, you know, it kind of makes you wonder. 
did God really create this in six or six 24 hour days or the 24 hour day to rest or these long periods of time that were kind of captured as days when, when, uh, when Moses, who wrote the book of Genesis, um, when, when he captured this, uh, a lot of the language is very poetic. And so, you know, there's a lot of things we, we don't know the specifics on right. of exactly what this looked like and how it went. Yeah, it could be day one was a thousand years. Day two was, yeah. you know, um, because there's a big conflict, I think, between people who believe that the earth is billions of years old mm-hmm. and people who think the earth is 10,000 years old. Right. And, and we obviously don't know. We're not scientists. We're not mm-hmm. studying this stuff in depth. We're really just kind of pulling all this out in layman's terms mm-hmm. and, and, helping people to kind of understand that there's a lot of mystery in the Bible and that's okay. Yeah. But who knows? Could have been 10,000 years was day one. 10,000 mm-hmm. years was day two. Yeah. 50,000 years was day three. <laughs> right. A million years was day four. Who knows? That's right. But we know that it happened. We just don't know exactly how. Right. Yeah. We don't know all the details of it and that's okay. Yep. That's why they call it faith because we don't know it all. That's right. Day seven is my favorite day. I love day seven. <laughs> day seven is uh, is when God rested. He created everything in the six days um, and said, after he created everything, he said, this is very good. And he took day seven off. He kicked back um, and rested. And, and through that established what um, we call the Sabbath day or, or a day of rest. Really important in Jewish culture. We'll get into that down the road, uh, what that looks like. But, but established even from creation that we need to stop and rest. Yeah. That's um, why it's my favorite. Cause he, he made us in his image mm-hmm. and he set examples of what he did. And, and so we have those examples of what we should be like. Mm-hmm. I like my rest. So day seven is <laughs> important to me. That's right. <laughs> you know, and it's probably the thing that I don't do enough of the most uh, is, yeah. is, is stopping to rest. Especially today. Oh, my gosh. Everybody's just so busy <laughs> running around like crazy. It's just nuts. Well, we have literally tried to establish, uh, you know, our Sundays after church as our mm-hmm. Sabbath. You know, yeah. I mean, we, we go as far as to get everything done on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to do much of anything on Sunday. Yeah. We come home from church and we can sit and veg if we want to and have mm-hmm. no responsibilities. Right. Right. But even having, I mean, we even light a candle to remind us, hey, it's the mm. Sabbath. We're not supposed to be doing anything. You're not yeah. going to take the trash out. You're not going right. <laughs> to, we're going to feed the animals and feed ourselves. That's about it. Right. <laughs> and even then, mm-hmm. with all of those reminders and all that preparation, it's so hard not to yeah. get a text message. You got to take care of something right. or, or uh, you know, come in the office and start working on mm-hmm. something because it just has to be done. Rest is important and we all do it so is. little of it. That's right. That's absolutely right. So a story that tied in with creation is the story of Adam and Eve. Um, and so Adam and Eve are um, the first two recorded humans that we have in the Bible. God uh, made them and put them in the Garden of Eden. And from the very beginning, um, they had a perfect, a truly perfect relationship with God. There was no sin in the world. God would walk and talk with them. It was the, the relationship with God that I think uh, most of us wish we had. It was truly perfection. So to think that, you know, they were later on in the story, it says, you know, 
um, spoiler, but when they when they eat the fruit, you know, they realize they were naked. <laughs> right. right. So the fact that even they were naked, mm-hmm. not hot, not cold, mm-hmm. not you know, not freezing. Um, yeah. They were everything was perfect. Mm-hmm. Again, who knows how long it was like that before sin entered the world? But yeah, everything was just absolutely perfect. That is just really cool. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, it's crazy to even think about, to fathom that. And the cool thing is that that's the kind of relationship we get to have on the back end of this life when, when sin is no longer part that's of right. it. Also really fun to think about. So when God put them in the Garden of Eden, he put them there. There were trees all around with all kinds of fruit. And uh, he said, look, you can have, you can eat fruit from any tree in the garden. He said, there is one tree in the middle of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil so don't touch it. Don't eat from it. That's the one. Everything else, take out. You can have at it. No problem. Just leave this one alone. They had one rule. One rule, y'all. And there enters Satan. Um, all it takes is one rule for him to jump in and uh, and mess that up. So Satan enters the scene and uh, in the form of a serpent. And one of the interesting things in the language there that I've heard before is that the way it's written is kind of like when the story's being told, it's like, oh, the serpent enters and everybody's like, oh, no, not the serpent. Like it's it, like everybody knows the serpent's the bad guy, um, which is just kind of a cool storytelling thing there. But Satan comes in in the form of a serpent and he's talking to Eve and he twists uh, God's words. He says, well, well, did God say that you couldn't um, eat of any tree in the garden? And he say, well, did, did he say you couldn't touch it? Um, you know, and, and kind of twist God's words to the point that Eve's like, wait a minute that tree looks really good for fruit and I can eat all the other ones. That seems to be fine. Why not this one? And eventually she reaches up, she takes a piece um, and takes a bite out of it, out of the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And at that moment, uh, sin entered the world. And then she handed over the fruit to Adam. He also decided to partake and there you have it. That's the, the origin of sin. It's all the woman's fault. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i'm be, kidding no be, hate mail be careful men be careful yes. Um, yes. but so so it's it's really that simple that's that's how uh sin entered the world and so on the back end of that um god came to the garden he reached out to him was saying hey adam and eve where are you guys what's going on as if he didn't know right he knew he knew but as he's talking to him you know trying to find out where they are Adam says, Hey, sorry, you know, we were naked and, you know, so we were trying to, we didn't want you to see us. And huge alarm bells going off there because it was like you said before, it was all good. Like everything was fine before. Um, all of a sudden they realize that they're naked. They realize that they're not um, protected, so to speak. So now they've got fear, they've got shame, they've mm-hmm. got embarrassment, they've got all these negative emotions that mm-hmm. they didn't have before. And it's all Eve's fault. I mean, let's face it. <laughs> <laughs> now mm-hmm. i wonder what would have happened obviously we, w- we won't know but i wonder what would have happened if adam had a, had said no eve you're on your own you ate it mm-hmm. i'm out because she said hey adam try this and he's like "Ooh, i like that that looks good i'll take some right i wonder if he what, what would happen if he'd have been like no nah, i'm good you're on your own <laughs> i'm not touching that one what yeah. an interesting world we live in today. That's, you know, it, it is interesting to think about. I have no idea. As if we're not perfect as men enough. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll get off the, the fruit soapbox. <laughs> so, 
So after God finds him and they're having this conversation, God curses the serpent first and then Adam and Eve because of the sin that has entered the world. Essentially, he, he curses the serpent to um, slither on the ground for the rest of his days. And he says that the serpent and the, wo- and the woman will always be at odds. The serpent will always be after her offspring, but her offspring will win, which is a little little point to Christ there. It says that the women will uh, have pain in uh, childbearing, but that their desire will be for their husband. And that basically for the men, works going to get a whole lot harder. Uh, tilling the ground, providing for your family is about to get a whole lot harder. And so God curses the three because now sin has entered the world and God cannot coexist with sin. So there you have it. They're kicked out of the Garden of Eden. And that's where the story of Adam and Eve comes to somewhat of a close. So we don't want to say that God, by any fault of his own, can't be around sin. Mm. That's a rule he set up for himself. Right. Like he's perfect, he's holy, and he created the world to be sinless. Yeah, and we screwed it up. So I, I, I don't, I don't want you to hear that you know God's fallible and, and can't. Mm. You know, it's not his kryptonite. It's, right, it's a rule that he set up for himself to say, no, that's that's not what I'm about. Mm-hmm. And by the way, God cursed the serpent. See, when I read that, I always think, well, the serpent, Satan is all, is a snake to begin mm-hmm. with. But apparently, he had legs and arms. and Yeah, that's kind of crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's known as a serpent, and then he was cursed to the ground to eat mm-hmm. the dust, and what he will strike our heels, and we will strike his head. Yep. And mm-hmm. It's interesting how the Bible reads in certain things mm-hmm. to what we understand words like serpent to be yeah so i say that to say that we have to look into things deeper than just taking it for face value sure and that's throughout the bible yeah we can't just read an english word that was translated from ancient hebrew and say oh yeah it's exactly what they meant it's the same thing and when it might not be right so that's why bible studies church Mm -hmm. all of these things that we talk about are important so that you can get a deeper understanding of what's going on in there. Yeah, because, you know, un- unfortunately, um, none of the original language for any of this was English. The Old Testament was all Hebrew, the New Testament and Greek. And so those translations aren't perfect. And so it's really important that we do that, that we take a step back and understand the context that was written in, the language that was written in, and then plug that back in. Okay, what is the story saying here? I don't think God wanted to make it too easy for us. Even the ancient Hebrew that it was written in, nobody speaks it anymore. Sure. So even the people who are reading it in Hebrew mm-hmm. today would probably have to work at the translation. Probably not as hard as us, but right. they would and still have to get get it correct. Yeah, and I think even the the cultural context of, of understanding the you know what what would this example have meant to the people then, like the parables and that kind of stuff. I think that's there's a lot of that that I don't know if the well, I'll just put it this way. I think it I think it is really important to, to look at that and understand it, especially when you're looking at uh, the symbolism and that kind of stuff. Really understand, okay, what did it mean to those guys mm-hmm. when they read this? Because if you put it in that context, then okay, then the, guy, then the people who were contemporaries who would have read this, said, okay, that's the story we're talking about, or this is the example, or whatever it would have been. 
versus what that may mean to us. I mean, when we get called sheep today, it, yeah, it's like, uh, okay, we're really dumb, fluffy animals, mm, you know? yeah. um, which is part of the context. Um, but, but there were also, you know, the Israelites were shepherds. And so it meant something that God was a shepherd because they protected their sheep. God protects us. You know, there's, it's important to keep those kind of things in context and this and, and the creation story and everything we're going to look at. Um, that's part of what we're trying to do too, is put it in context and make sure we understand it. Yeah. And even when you talk about that, you've got to think about the context of the fact that the shepherds at the time were the lowest of the low Mm -hmm. in in a trade, as far as the trade goes. Yeah. And Jesus calls himself a shepherd all the time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what's the correlation between that and how we're supposed to look at our servitude towards others. Right. So just uh, there's so many nuances that you got to really pay attention to. And we're not mm-hmm. going to get into them all. This is a 30-minute podcast on just a few chapters of Genesis. So um, we're not going to go into extreme detail or we'll be doing this one <laughs> piece of a podcast for 10 years. Right. <laughs> and we would have to go to seminary to be able to explain it all. That's right. But there's just little things you have to pick up on as you go. That's and right. hopefully we can make it interesting for you to want to look into that and kind of put together where your life is now compared to where their life was then. Sure. Absolutely. So obviously being this far back in Mm -hmm. the beginning of creation, Mm -hmm. there wasn't much going on elsewhere in the world. Nah, (laughs) nah. (laughs) Aside from a few details of how God did all of that, which we don't know the answers Mm -hmm. to, that's kind of the end of this portion of creation, right? Yeah, so this is from from Adam and Eve forward. We get into <laughs> the genealogies, the 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 timeline, kind of the clock starts ticking, so to speak. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> the clock starts ticking towards um, the stories that we're more familiar with about you know, Noah and Abraham and everything pointing uh, eventually getting down to Christ. But yeah, as far as the rest of the world, you know, at this point, Adam and Eve are there. They haven't even had kids yet. Um, that we know of and so yeah that's it's just them cool how soon before jesus came into the scene did this take place in the bible so this was about four thousand years um before jesus came into the scene so jesus's birth is literally the changing of the calendar from bc to ad and so wasn't influential at all Right, right. The, the the Romans even changed their calendars because of it. Well, just take a step back, put that in context. Like people that that talk about, um, you know, Jesus isn't real, or you know, he was just another guy. Literally, the world changed their calendars because of his birth, death, and resurrection. Just gonna throw that out there for real quick, but. Yep. So Adam and Eve, based on the genealogies we have in the Bible, and and if you trace them back with the age of everybody and all that stuff, Adam and Eve start about 4,000 years before Jesus was born. Okay. Of course, the world, like we said earlier, could be be billions of years old. Mm -hmm. Could be trillions of years old. Who knows? (laughs) Right. Um, That doesn't detract from the fact that God populated the earth, and it all leads back to... Jesus's birth and death. That's right. And it leads to now us waiting for him to come back again. Mm-hmm. So something else to point out about that is that Jesus was there from the very beginning as well. Mm-hmm. 
Um, there is all kinds of scripture that points to that. Um, one of those uh, pieces of scripture is right at the beginning of the book in Genesis one twenty six, where God says, let us make man in our image. Um, he's talking to a couple different people up there. Mm-hmm. So we know we have God, the Father, Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, yep. who lives within those who believe in Jesus. So who else would he be talking to? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> nobody else is around yet, right? Yeah, I he's, mean, he's creating humanity, so he's got to be talking to somebody. Now, he's got the angels. Sure. He created the angels. We mm-hmm. don't go to heaven and become angels. Mm-hmm. They're created beings just like we are. Right. But he said, let us make man in our image. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't talking to the angels because we don't mm-hmm. have 12 wings or six wings <laughs> right. or whatever. Um, right. We can't fly. We, you know, we're not angels. Mm-hmm. So who was he talking to? <laughs> he was talking to the Trinity itself. Right. Uh, he had to be. And so we see, like you said, we see Jesus right there in the creation story. And in fact, John 1 um, backs this up as well. So John was one of the apostles who followed Jesus for his his three years of ministry. And and he opens his book by saying, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then a little further down in that chapter, he says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so he's telling us that Jesus, who you know was born here on earth, was there at the very beginning, that he is the incarnate Word of God. And in the, in the beginning, Jesus was there with God at, at creation. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there's Colossians 1, and it's in uh, verses 15 through 17. It says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For everything was created by Him in heaven and on the earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and by Him all things hold together. Now, if you followed that, it's basically saying... Jesus created everything. Mm-hmm. So, again, God and Jesus are one and the same. Mm-hmm. And not only did he create everything, but it was all created for him as well. Which and is through why, him, yeah. yeah, and through him, right. And so everything, um, you know, one of the things that, that we want to do throughout this, um, this series of the podcast is show that everything in the Bible points to Christ, that Jesus is all over the story. And that, that verse right there tells us that even through creation, that he's right there in the middle of it. And last but not least, um, you know, we, we talked about how sin entered the world through Adam and Eve. And that is why we need Jesus. That's why it came. And Romans 5, 12 and uh, 15 tell us just that. It says, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, in this way, death spread to all people because all sinned. But the gift is not like the trespass. For by the one man's trespass, the many died. How much more have the grace of God and the gift which comes through the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, overflowed to the many. And so all that saying, to simplify it down, is that through Adam and Eve, sin came into the world. And and that's, that's how we got in the pickle that we're in now. But through one man in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, grace overflows to all because he lived the perfect life. And died that sacrificial death so that we could all be reconciled to God. And so, yeah, the reason that we needed Jesus is because of what happened there in the Garden of Eden. What our goal is in this season is to help everybody to see kind of how things 
play together. The Bible is not written in a chronological order, right? Or it has it wasn't put together in a chronological order. So we're going to be skipping around. So when you see us go from Genesis to Job, and then back to Genesis, and then back to uh, you know uh, what uh, Exodus, and then you know we're going to be jumping around quite a bit as far as what you might know the Bible is how it's laid out. Our goal in this, like Matt said, is to point it to Jesus, to show what was going on in the rest of the world, to make it tangible, because yeah. I need that. I need tangible things. Mm-hmm. And to help you see that this is a true story, it is, one, not only okay to believe in Jesus and believe in the things of the Bible, right. but it's extremely important for you, too. That's right. Uh, because without him, the only thing we have is hell and damnation. Yeah. So we want you to see how good all of this is by going through this chronologically and showing you how it all plays together. Yeah, and 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 bringing it to life a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, by by plugging in the history around it. One of the things I'm excited about is is learning how this fits into the overall history that we know from the history books, right? And what else was happening? And so that's that's our goal is is make it tangible, like you said, and then point it all back to Christ. So, obviously, between where we're at now and where we're going next week, which will be the story of Noah's Ark, about a thousand years in between these two, Yeah. obviously, there's going to be a lot that happens. And there's a lot that happens in the Bible, but it really only takes up, what you, would you say, one it's, or two chapters? Yeah, it's, like, it's basically two chapters between when Adam and Eve get kicked out of the Garden of Eden and when Noah comes onto the scene. I think we've kind of covered Genesis in a very quick nutshell that's right yeah got got the creation story and and adam and eve in there um yeah i hope it was enjoyable insightful and good stuff yeah fastest you'll ever read genesis so we would encourage you uh it's not very much to to tackle read Mm -hmm. genesis one through six between now Mm -hmm. and next week and you'll kind of see what we've talked about this week and Mm -hmm. uh be ready to start fresh for next week when we go into noah yeah give you a little head start fill in some of the gaps and uh yeah it'll be good um yeah and i encourage you to do that as we go through these stories so go read them for yourself see what um see what your translation of the bible the one you're reading says and see see maybe you see something different than we do if you do be sure to point it out to us so we can uh look deeper and if we need to make corrections we're happy to do that that's right um but uh for now Y'all have a fantastic week. If you have questions, comments, concerns, please feel free to email us at info at simplifyjesus.com. And we're on all the social media pages. Go check uh, out our our website at www.simplifyjesus.com for all of those links. Until next time, have a great week. We'll see you next time.